Welcome. You've discovered the world it's ass. It's funny because this is like this is what time I usually get up, you know, for work. But man, it feels fucking early on Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Excuse uh, me. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just taking a sip of coffee because ah. it's so early. Did I mention it's fucking early? <laughs> <laughs> well, even though it's uh, like 11 o'clock here, uh, it's still fucking early for me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on my second cup of coffee right now too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now that's uh, good radio <laughs> <laughs> exactly um people are just gonna listen to us uh sip on a coffee for an hour yeah uh, <laughs> so you got your passport situation figured out i think so um hmm. from from everything i've i've researched it seems that the stamp isn't as important as i think mm-hmm. thought uh maybe i who knows? I could end up trying to get out of Spain and be completely wrong. But from what I've read, it seems that the fact that uh, they scanned the barcode of my passport when I went into that little shop mm-hmm. right before the ferry or right before the um, the channel, um, the f- the simple fact that the UK uh, passport control scanned the barcode of my passport but didn't stamp it, that should be enough. Like okay. I should be in the system. Mm-hmm. as having left and gone to France, but I, from what I read, that's what it sounds like. So I'm hoping, okay. you know, fingers crossed, that's, that I, I should be okay. Yeah. The stamp is, is kind of, um, to me, it's maybe it's more just a, for show at this point, uh, because mm-hmm. even when you get it stamped, they still scan it with the, the computer, you know? So right. Maybe that's what really counts is the computer scan. I don't, I, I guess know. that makes sense if you really think about it that they were, yeah. you know, they would be relying on scans as opposed to stamps. <laughs> you know, mid twentieth century technology. Yeah, exactly. Stamping passport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, it sounds like that's, you know, that's what happened. Um, okay. The fact that I got scanned, I should be okay, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, guess we'll find out soon. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, make sure we mentioned something about that. Yeah. Cool. Not that anybody's probably worried about it, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> Everybody's biting their nails. Yeah. I've been waiting two weeks. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember exactly specifically what the last thing we talked about was, but I do. Yeah, you were in Paris, and we were talking about, at one point, talking about the catacombs. Your attempt to go look at the catacombs at one point. Right. Um, so the last day I was in Paris, I finally got to go. Because uh, okay. um, it wasn't open on Monday. Um, and... Uh, so I went Tuesday, my last day, and the line was still around, <clears throat> excuse me, around the block. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I just went ahead and stood in line. And, uh, oh, actually, I went and got lunch and ate at this really nice little French uh, restaurant. Um, actually, mm-hmm. had some, like, 
traditional French food, which is like the first time the whole time being in Paris. Yeah. And I figured, okay, the line, you know, it's, I'll let the line die down. I'll go get lunch. I'll come back. It won't be so bad. Well, I came back like an hour later. It was still horrible. <laughs> yeah. So I finally just resigned myself. I was like, all right, I'm just going to get in line and wait. Um, and it was like two hours in line. Uh, wow. In. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, Seems like a pretty, uh, a pretty amazing thing to sit in line for, though. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know. My impression was, you know, it's the catacombs. It's this underground thing. You have to like go down a ton of steps it's mm-hmm. dank, it's dark, there's a bunch of fucking bones. I just, <laughs> I didn't figure it would be that big of a tourist attraction. Yeah. But I guess I was wrong. Uh, you have no idea how morbid people are. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so, man. Uh, so, yeah, it was like a two-hour line. and uh, But I finally got uh, got in there. Um, yeah, you go down like this these spiral stone staircase. Mm-hmm. Uh forever <laughs> like you just you know it takes forever to get down there um well they got to make it hard for the skeletons to get up and walk back up to the it, streets exactly it's for safety <laughs> um and then you walk down like a bunch of like these little stone corridors where there's like just nothing um mm. and uh probably after like 10 minutes of walking through these tunnels uh, you get to, which, you know, the catacombs is the name for the the whole uh, underground tunnel system, uh, okay. not the uh, ossuary itself, um, where all the bones are. You've been practicing that, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> see. <laughs> uh, so the catacombs is the whole underground system, um, but uh, it takes about 10 minutes and you get to where the bones are. Um, and then, you know, it's a good 10 minutes of walking through all these chambers with, all, like, tons of bones. Um mm-hmm just piled up some of them are kind of piled in these weird patterns and stuff um, um and then uh yeah it's like the bones of yeah i looked it up it's like bones of almost six million people which to me wow. is insane yeah uh did they have any kind of guide while you were down there no well they, you, know, you can pay extra and get the audio guide so it's a little recorder thing with headphones yeah. that you take with you but i I, I never end up doing that at the museums or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why? It, I, my experience would probably be uh, much more uh, interesting if if I did, but I just I never right. want to pay the extra like three or four euro for the yeah. video guide. Um, so you can do that, but I didn't. Um, oh, back on the the catacombs thing being the, the whole underground system. These are the legal catacombs. Okay. Um, but there's a a, a, a shit ton more um under the city of paris that are closed off or supposedly closed off that mm-hmm. um that you're not legally supposed to go into um but apparently uh i was looking this up there there are there's like a, a group of people uh i can't remember what they're called um grave robbers yeah exactly um who like it's just what they do is they they try to find all these secret entrances in the city to the to the the uh the other catacombs yeah the illegal ones that you're not supposed to be in um and uh i didn't do that of course but uh <laughs> it would be cool in the future like if i go back to paris to to hook up with some people who, who do that and actually go to like you know because i'm this one was cool enough but it's it's legal so i mean how fun can it be right right <laughs> there's very few ghosts in the legal ones right exactly um 
but apparently like in the uh a couple years ago in, in one of the catacombs one of the illegal ones uh the cops found a whole chamber where they had people had set up like a, a movie projector and screen and chairs and had a ball like a fully stocked bar and so like they have they have like secret like parties and shit down in the, yeah, the illegal bone parties <laughs> well there's not necessarily bones in all the catacombs man it's, oh. it's just uh, the underground uh, tunnels and systems under the un- underneath the city of paris so they're not yeah. all contained with bones it's interesting yeah so there's like there's a whole underworld city you know uh beneath the the streets of paris um that uh not very many people know about yeah um but yeah maybe in the future i'll uh um if I go back to Paris, I'll try to find some people and maybe have the guts to go down into the the real the real illegal seats. catacombs. So yeah, the catacombs. Um, so it was cool, um, and that was my last day in Paris. Um, the next morning, I caught a flight to Valencia. Um, so this was, uh, what, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, I guess. Yeah, this was, um, on Wednesday, week and a half ago. Yep. So now that I was in Spain, I was determined to get a SIM card for my phone because I knew I'm going to, I knew I was going to be spending a lot of time in Spain, Mm -hmm. at least 10 days. Uh, no more than that. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, at least 10 days. Um, so I figured it would be worthwhile to get a SIM card. So got into Valencia before I left the um, airport. I used the Wi-Fi and like sent a message to my couch surfing host, uh, guy mm-hmm. Chris, and told him, "Hey, I'm you know I'm in Spain. Um, uh, you know my flight just landed. Um, I'm gonna head into city center and hang out and stuff." Um, and he sent me a message back, gave me his address and his phone number and everything. He said he wouldn't be back till like 10 p.m. because uh, of work, um, but we could meet up then. So I had you know half the day to kill roaming around but i figured i'd go find a sim card um i roamed around forever like it's not as easy in spain to get a sim card as it was up north like in Mm -hmm. copenhagen or in amsterdam in those places you can just walk into a corner shop you know buy like spend 10 euros buy a sim card activate it like right then and there you know Mm -hmm. in five minutes tops you're up and running do you have any idea why that is? Um, any indication at all as to why that is? I just regulations, I guess. Um, okay. I can tell, like, so when I was in Spain, like, I couldn't find one easily, but I found a place called Media Market, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a Best Buy. Um, and uh, walked in there and talked to a guy um, in my very broken Spanish. Um, you said you had some Spanish in high school, so you're not going at it. I mean, yeah, but it's yeah, that was years ago, but yeah, still, it's really. St- not that good though. <laughs> you would, I, I would have, I, I, I thought it would have been better than, than it was. It's, it's horrible. Uh, Curse you kick a tan high school. I know. Um, and plus there's some differences too with, with Spanish, Spain versus, uh, Spain, Spanish versus, uh, like Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Spanish, Spanish, uh, versus like right. Latin American Spanish. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. you know, some major pronunciation differences, but, uh, anyways, um, so I got the, you know, I, I told the guy I wanted a prepaid, just data only card. And it's like all in like a, 
like a plastic case that he has to remove it you know you can't take it yourself you know Mm -hmm. and then like you have to show your passport if you're not a resident uh they scan your passport they take your number you fill out these forms uh Mm. then he's got to activate the car then you got to call his number then you got to put in a pin it's like insanely complicated and yeah yeah, from what i can tell it's just the regulations of spain um yeah not as easy as up north for sure Uh, but i got a sim card Got like a gig and a half of data for 30 days or something. Um, th- this one cost me, I think, 15 euros. So it was more expensive too. Um, mm. So, anyways, but I, I was like, well, it'll be worth it. Um, and uh, so I got that done. Uh, then I was like, all right, I need some lunch. This is like three o'clock at this point in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I go into city center, you know, just kind of roaming around Valencia, and there's not a damn thing open, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, just their, you know, I guess the, the, their eating schedule is just completely different than, than what I'm used to. Right. Um, you know, they don't eat lunch till like four o'clock, you know, in the afternoon mm-hmm. and they don't eat dinner till like nine or 10 o'clock at night. Um, do they close the stores there in the uh, early afternoon? I think they do they, that in Italy. Yeah, they do. Um, okay. Mediterranean. Yeah. It's on the Mediterranean coast, isn't it? Valencia. Valencia is. Yes. Uh, okay. So you're on the Eastern coast of Spain. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So everything was fucking closed, man. And I was like, Oh God, mm-hmm. I need some food. Um, and, uh, I resorted to going to like a little convenience store and bought like trail mix. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a great lunch. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Spain. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. It's just so ex- extremely difficult to find food. Like at the times I needed to find food. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just kind of killed some time um, walking around. Um, I found this one park. Uh, it's called uh, Turia. And it used to be a river that ran right through the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. And in the 1970s, it flooded the city. Um, so officials decided to dam up the river and divert it around the city. Mm-hmm. And this old riverbed dried up, and then they turned it into a park. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's really one of the coolest parks I've ever seen. Um, so, like, you've got this giant green space that just snakes through the whole city. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insanely huge. Um, and, you know, they've got bike paths and, uh, you know, running paths and walking paths um, and uh, tons of trees and, and uh, flowers and plants and lakes and uh, ponds and all kinds of stuff, man. It's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, playgrounds for kids, um, all kinds of stuff. Really cool, really cool park. Um, so I killed some time just wandering around there. And then, uh, that evening, I, uh, uh, met up with my couch surfing host, uh, Chris, super cool guy. He's from the UK. Uh, he's li- been living in Valencia three years now, I guess, uh, teaching okay. English. And he's like super hospitable. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like as soon as I come in, um, you know, like offered me a beer, introduced me to his flatmates. Um, you know, like within minutes we're, we're talking and joking. Um, Mm -hmm. like we've been friends forever, (laughs) you know, like a really cool guy. The next day, um, I went to Valencia cathedral, uh, which is really cool cathedral, uh, right there in city center. And they got a huge tower and, uh, you can pay two euros and go up in the tower. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just an amazing view of the whole city of Valencia, you know, to the east, you can see the, the sea, to the north, you can see the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, it's just an amazing view. Um, and the weather was—I've been—I've looked out 
for the most part, my trip with the weather. Um, weather has been pretty awesome the whole time. Yeah. Except for once I got into Madrid, but I'll get to that later. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty amazing for October, November, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been fortunate. Yeah. I, Valencia, the, the architecture is like a lot of really old architecture, but a lot of new architecture too, but it's all intermingled very well. Like it, mm-hmm. uh, it just, it, it meshes really well. And, uh, just a gorgeous city, man. I was, um, I don't know. I was really impressed by it. And it, yeah. it was, um, I didn't really plan on going to Valencia. It was just kind of one of those things that was like, well, it's kind of on the way and I need to kill some time before I show up in Madrid for my work away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've got to kill like three days. So I just decided to go to Valencia just for the hell of it. Yeah. And, uh, I think it turns out, turned out to be like probably my favorite place so far. Um, just a really cool place. Um, yeah. And in addition to it, uh, you know, uh, my host uh, was a big part of that and, and his friends. Um, like the second day I was there, or la- I guess the last day I was there was on Friday uh, before I left. Um, I rented a bike and um, uh, Chris, myself, uh, Sara, who's a, an exchange student from Italy, who's a friend of Chris's, uh, and, his, and Chris's other friend, Antonio. The four of us rode bikes like probably half hour, 45 minutes outside of Valencia to like this little town called, I think it's El Salir. Mm -hmm. Um, and just little town. Like I want to say it's like a one stoplight town, like so fucking small, but there's like a lot of little, um, sidewalk cafes or restaurants. And we stopped there and and had paella, um, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is the, the traditional Spanish dish. Uh, but Chris and Antonio were determined Mm -hmm. for me to have, cause I'd never had paella before. Uh, so the night before they're like, Oh, well, we've got to find you some like really good paella. Um, so, uh, we rode out there, got the paella and then rode further out to this, um, nature park. Um, like we probably rode another half hour, 45 minutes. We, my ass was sore by the end of that. Cause I don't ride a bike that much. Um, and there's the stinger. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, just this gorgeous nature reserve, uh, like this is big, huge lagoon. Mm. Um, ah, it was just such an amazing day, man. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, like that day and, and just Valencia as a whole is like one of the like high major highlights of, of my trip. So Antonio, who, who, you know, uh, uh went with us on the bike ride out to, uh, 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 get the paella and everything. I met him the night before at an open mic, um, that Chris took me to. And, uh, Antonio was actually, uh, he got up on stage and performed, but, um, uh, so it was, it was interesting. It was, um, you know, here I am in, in Spain at this open mic night and everybody who gets up is, uh, they're, they're all playing English songs, like, uh, um, oh, songs in English. And I guess mm-hmm. most songs were, from what I could tell, we're all American songs. Um, mm. And it's weird because, I don't know, I just, I, I guess I didn't expect that. I expected to see or hear more, like, Spanish music. Um, mm. So uh, that was that was actually kind of strange. Um, and the other thing that, that surprised me about the open mic there was almost everybody got on stage was pretty damn awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Just like home. Yeah, it's, it's like, they're... <laughs> There was very few like shitty acts where like somebody gets up and you're just like, oh god, this is this is horrible. You know, when's the next yeah. person coming up? Um, 
so it was it was I, again i was surprised because yeah from back home in america right. i'm not used to open mics being that good <laughs> yeah like I'm, solidly good yeah solidly good uh you know usually you go to open mic and you suffer through a lot of crap to see mm. one person is like oh shit they're those guys are actually pretty good um mm. but no it's almost complete opposite here it was like almost everybody was just amazing like uh yeah so that and the fact that it was all english um yeah, I was, I was I was really surprised. You think it's possible that they staged the whole thing just to impress you? Oh, like, completely we'll play, possible. We'll play we'll play nothing but American songs, yes. and we'll but we'll put our best performers up there. <laughs> exactly. And then he'll say something nice about us on his silly podcast. Exactly, because they they're all they're all listening to the podcast. Yeah. And when they heard I was going to Valencia, they're like, "Oh, here's our chance. <laughs> here's our chance. <laughs> we'll make a good impression and." I don't know what'll happen after that, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. This will turn everything around. Yeah. Once he mentions us on the podcast, we'll rocket to fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tourism will go through the roof. <laughs> oh shit! Never mind our beautiful parks and lagoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all about our music scene, man. People will flock from all over the world to hear our open mic nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was cool though. Um, That's cool. Uh, yeah, definitely better than American Open Mic Nights. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how how did you spend the rest of your time in Valencia? Uh, well, the yeah, when we took the bike ride out to uh, El Salir and uh, Albufera, which is the nature reserve. Uh, that mm-hmm. was my last real, like last full day in Valencia. Um, okay. And uh, you know, we we got back like the sun was setting when we were in uh, Albufera. Um, you know, like over the lagoon, I got I got a ton of great pictures, some of the best pictures I think I've gotten of the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, rode about an hour back into Valencia. I retur- you know, returned my bike. Um, and then uh, Chris and I and uh, another friend of his went out for a drink. Um, nothing crazy that night. Um, and then I got up the next morning and got on the bus to Madrid and, uh, it was, that was an interesting, uh, ride because the landscape, uh, really struck me because it, it felt like I was back in the United States. It, it felt mm-hmm. like se- the, like the Southwest, mm-hmm. um, the landscape, it was just, it was really weird. Um, I mean, I don't know why it surprised me that much. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I guess it's just that kind of like a preconceived notion. You're in a, a foreign land. Even the landscape mm-hmm. should look weird. And, you know, like, right. but it just, yeah, it looked like, uh, like I, I could have taken a picture and it, it could have passed as like Southwest United States, um, mm. in parts. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, and so I got into Madrid, um, about two o'clock, um, and uh, when I oh, when I got my SIM card, you know, I got a data plan, but it, the it ended up that I got like 30 free minutes, like voice mm-hmm. minutes on on the you know for local Spanish calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I actually took advantage of that when I got into the bus station and I called my workaway host, um, Anna, and just to tell her, hey, I'm here, and you know, um, she'd already given me directions to her place and everything, um, but. I told her I was, you know, in town and um, I was heading her way, and she said she'd meet me at the the metro station near her house. So, mm-hmm. um, so met her, um, came back. Uh, she showed me the apartment, 
Um, and I, so I can't remember if I, you know, I know I've talked about WorkAway before, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if I've mentioned what I'm doing here. Um, so I'm staying with uh, Anna for um, about, oh, about nine days, nine or 10 days, um, helping her just with work around the house. Uh, she just moved into this apartment. Um, mm-hmm. So like helping her hang pictures and, you know, the toilet seat was, was like broken. So I helped her fix that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cleaning the house, um, doing just like housework and stuff like that. Uh, and in addition to that, um, helping her with her English, um, which her mm. English is actually pretty good, uh, but she wants to work on pronunciation and her accent because um, she's actually an actor here in Spain and uh, mm. she wants to improve her, you know, opportunities or expand her uh, uh, acting role opportunities um, mm-hmm. into, you know, English speaking stuff too. Um, so helping her with that, um, on top of like the, the housework and stuff. Okay. Uh, and in exchange, I get a free place to stay and free food and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's been cool. Um, so yeah, so met up with her, um, the first few days I'm here in Madrid, it's, uh, this is, this is kind of where my luck ran out with the weather. Cause it was just kind of cold, not cold, cold, but just kind of chilly, mm-hmm. um, gray, rainy on and off just not not beautiful weather at all um right the first few days i mean i venture out a little bit um you know to try to see the the city but it's 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 okay um Mm. uh, but then friday a couple days ago like this like the weather finally turned around it's like sunny and warm clear skies and everything so i've been walking around a lot more uh seeing more of the city and stuff Mm -hmm. um so it's pretty cool it's not too big of a city. Um, it's not as small as Valencia, um, but it's mm-hmm. still pretty walkable. Um, I've used the metro a few times, but mainly I just I walk into into town and just walk all over the city and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, are you finding more difficulty communicating with people? Yeah. Uh, well, it's definitely um, English is spoken a lot less than uh, same you know than up north. Uh, again. Um, I find that less people here in Spain uh, know English. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely run into people, you know, and again, I know enough Spanish to get by with transactions in a store or a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've run into a lot more people who, who just speak Spanish. Um, like I ran, ran into some woman on the street uh, at some point uh, a couple of days ago, and she was asking me something in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I, I knew enough to say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I only speak a little Spanish. Uh, and then, you know, I asked her if she speaks English. She's like, no. Uh, and then, then she said some stuff in Spanish and I, I knew enough to, to pretty much gather what she said to me was like, you know, like she was kind of laughing, but she was saying like, you know, uh, not knowing Spanish in Spain is very problematic. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, ah, see, see. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little different here in Spain. Um, a lot less people know English, uh, you know, with the exception of like, like my host, she, she knows English. Um, mm. and, and definitely a good, a good amount of her friends do. Um, um, of course, you know, that's, I guess like the younger generation, which, uh, is like anywhere else, I guess English is becoming more of a, um, regular thing for like the, the younger generations. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's a little different than say like, um, Denmark or, uh, the Netherlands or, you know, Germany or anything like that. I wonder if it's just taught less in the schools or emphasized less. It, it might be. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. 
I think that's probably that's probably what it is. Yeah. I don't suppose there's any real reason for them to to have to learn English, you know. Yeah, kind of no. Presumptive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And so, I'm trying to remember who was telling me. Somebody was telling me something too, like Spaniards tend to stay within the country. Like, um, mm-hmm. like you know, it's kind of common for for most Europeans and like Australians to like, you know, when they're pretty young to venture out for you know a good year or so and just travel mm-hmm. and see the world and and all this. And somebody was telling me, I can't remember if it was somebody here in Madrid or somebody in, in Valencia, but they were saying uh, it, it tends to be Spaniards. They travel, but they travel mainly within Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't tend to, to travel outside of Spain. I don't, I don't Again, uh, I don't know how true that is, but that was what somebody here was telling me. So maybe that's another part of the, you know, that's no reason to know English. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it is. What is surrounded on three sides by, by Portugal and water, and then uh, yeah, mountains in the north. So I guess it could seem isolating, maybe. Yeah, yeah, true. Psychologically, at least, I don't know. True, but yeah, so it's been it's been. Uh, I wish I, I wish I knew more Spanish. Uh, I wish I had. I wish I'd kept up with it more mm-hmm. from from high school. But uh, you know, I've been fortunate. Like uh, I've got uh, Google Translate on my phone, so like if I know I've got to go somewhere. Um, like I went to drop off a, a jacket at the like dry cleaners for uh, mm. Anna and um, you know, beforehand I looked up on Google translate, like, okay, how do I say, I want to drop this off, blah, blah. you know? Like, so I looked yeah. you know, what I needed to say before I went into the, into the store and I could, I could communicate fairly well with the, with the merchant. Um, but uh, so, so at least, at least I have that. I mean, that's something I wouldn't have had, you know, 10, 10 years ago, even. So yeah, in Spain, uh, their eating schedule is, is definitely different. I mean, I'm, I've always been used to eating lunch pretty late. I just, that's how I am, mm-hmm. two o'clock maybe. But I mean, they eat lunch, it seems like three o'clock at the earliest, four o'clock maybe. Like, mm-hmm. um, Do they take siesta there? Is that where, is it? Yeah, it's not as common anymore, I don't think. But it, that's, mm-hmm. that is where it originated. Um, okay. And that's why I wasn't sure if that was like the original, if that's where it originated, or if that's just because it's a Spanish language word. That's that was just me assuming, but I'm pretty sure it's where it uh, originated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know that's why like everything closes down from like noon to five. Like there's mm-hmm. there's not much open at all. Um, but yeah, so they tend to eat lunch really late, um, and then dinner, you know, really late, like probably like nine p.m., ten p.m. Um, yeah, like he, here at the house, like uh, when my host cooks, I mean, we're, we're eating dinner at like 10 p.m., um, mm. which again, I, I usually eat dinner pretty late, but it's still later than even I than I am used to. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, with breakfast, it's, um, I've found even just in most parts of Europe I've been in so far, breakfast is not as big a deal as I think it, or I feel it is in America, it is in America. Mm-hmm. Um I'm used to like going out to like a diner, or, you know, some breakfast joint, getting a bunch of pancakes and eggs and bacon and right. coffee and orange juice and all this. And it's just, it's not as big a thing over here. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like maybe they'll have a piece of toast and a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, right. it's very minimal. Um, That's kind of what I remember from uh, eating breakfast. like, you know, you know, in German hotels, for instance, the, uh, you know, it's, they bring you, uh, sweet pastries and coffee and, 
you know, salami or cheese or and cheese or something like that, you know. Exactly. Never, yeah, never like the big, you know. Here's here's a pound of scrambled eggs and a <laughs> and a pancake the size of a trash can lid or something. Exactly. Yeah, so it's definitely the it's definitely a, a much smaller deal here, which is taken taken me some getting used to because I, I love breakfast. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I drink a lot of coffee too, which has been another issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, some places you can go very few places, some places you can go though, uh, you can get, you know, um, yeah, filter coffee, um, mm-hmm. which is you know, of course what I'm used to. Um, but most places over here, it's, you know, it's espresso, which is a very small amount, um, mm-hmm. which of course has plenty of caffeine in it, but like, I'm just used to drinking mugs and mugs of coffee in the morning. Just, mm-hmm. it's probably not a not so much a dependency on caffeine as it is just a, um, a habit of, you know, of just having, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> some kind of, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but, uh, I think habit was the right word. Just constantly having something warm to drink throughout the morning, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like, I can, of course, in some place I can order like an Americano, which is, uh, Americano, which is, uh, espresso, but just watered down. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. so that's mainly what I order if I, if I can, um, because otherwise I just end up drinking espresso after espresso and <laughs> getting all jacked yeah. up on caffeine. <laughs> so that's. Give me 10 espressos in one cup, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so like, uh. Anna here, my host, she has a little uh, espresso, uh, not machine, but um, uh, what do you call it? Um, it's one of the little things where you, you, you put the water in the bottom, then you put the little um, filter thing with the espresso uh, on top of that, and then you put mm-hmm. the, screw the thing on top of that, and you throw it on the stove, mm-hmm. and the water boils through, and I guess it's kind of like a percolator or whatever, but, and it makes uh, you know maybe a cup, uh, two cups worth of espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started making that and I was just to the point of like making like three of those like mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout the morning. And she was just like, she's like, I don't know how you drink so much coffee. And I'm like, oh, well. um, but you I better learn baby. If you want to be an actor. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, uh, I finally got to the point where I, I heat up water too. And like, I pretty much make Americanos now, but, um, uh, just to water it down. So I'm not drinking so much freaking coffee throughout the morning. Right. Right. Yeah, so that's been an adjustment for me. For mm-hmm. me. Um, Language barrier and the coffee barrier. Coffee barrier, man. Jeez. <laughs> but, oh, there, there's been a couple places. Like, I found a place. Uh, I found two places here in Madrid now that, that uh, I can go to in the morning, and they actually offer what they call the uh, Dese Uno uh, Americano, which is mm-hmm. American breakfast. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I totally butchered that pronunciation i'm sure but no one's gonna notice uh, <laughs> uh but uh you know it's um like a, a fried egg uh some bacon um mm. and uh, which the bacon's a little bit different it's like you know iberian ham or whatever but just kind of fried but it's really good um mm. you know some toast um you know a cup of like uh americano coffee uh, yeah. so it's, it's like the american breakfast you know yeah. So I wish it was they have that. So like I'm like, oh okay, that's kind of like a taste of home kind of, but with a twist. I wish it was like the uh, like the things you see in movies or whatever TV where they uh, it's like somebody trying to make an American breakfast, but it comes out and it's just quite it's just not quite right. Like there's 
like there's eggs and, and like you said, the bacon isn't quite bacon. Right. And then they have like a, a piece of toast and like a, like a baseball on it. Or something. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Here's your slice of apple pie. <laughs> you, you eat apple pie with breakfast, correct? <laughs> something exactly. stupid like that. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, nothing like that. It was actually, like I say, it's it's slightly different version than used to, but it's like actually a good, it's a good twist on it. Uh, like yeah. the the ham or whatever they use for the bacon's like really fucking good. And, yeah. Uh, the bread's really good, and yeah. So I wonder it, if it, that's a popular, if that's a popular item over there. What's I guess that? it's popular. I guess it's, I guess that breakfast oh. would be popular enough for somebody to, you know, to serve it. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's especially like I guess in the more touristy places, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I, I do, uh, I am trying to, uh, you know, eat a lot of traditional foods like the paella and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there are times when I'm just like, I just want a taste of home, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good old American breakfast, damn it. I figured that'd be the first thing that would break for you is uh, the lack of American breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's going to be the thing that drives you crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah uh, i want waffles damn it <laughs> <laughs> i want a pancake the size of my head all right well uh, what are your plans for i mean you're gonna be in madrid for what one more day today's sunday you're gonna be there until tomorrow yeah so uh tomorrow i get on a bus go to granada for a couple of days um okay uh, after that, I was, I was thinking about heading to Malaga, uh, Malaga, um, but uh, not sure yet. Uh, past Granada, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Um, the plan mm-hmm. right now is to kind of take make a loop through southern Spain and head back to Madrid for the 16th or 17th, uh, when my friend Keith will be flying in. Um, mm-hmm. Then we'll spend a couple days in Madrid so he can see Madrid, and then we're gonna zigzag through back down through southern Spain, probably. Hit maybe a couple places I've already hit, but may, maybe hit some new places. Um, mm-hmm. End up on the southern tip, maybe around around Gibraltar. Um, mm-hmm. There's a port right next to Gibraltar. I can't remember what the I can't remember the pronunciation of it, but um, there's a place where you can take a ferry to Tangier, Morocco. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we're gonna do instead of flying. I think it would be cool to take the ferry across the strait. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, um, you know, spend a day or two in Tangier, um, make our way down to. Aswadia, which is uh, like a, on the western coast of Morocco, mm-hmm. maybe headed to, uh, well, definitely head to Marrakesh. Uh, right now, that's about as far out as I've planned. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the plan for the next couple of weeks. And that'll be heading out of Europe with no plan to come back after True. after that? I mean, is that going to be moving? Moving on. Um, okay, gotcha. Uh, so after Marrakesh, um, you know, we'll, I'll, uh, Keith will be with me till like December 6th, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on how quickly we move through Spain and Morocco, um, um, he, you know, he'll probably keep heading with me. Like, uh, we'll either go to, maybe go to Cairo, uh, see the pyramids, mm-hmm. uh, maybe go to Cyprus or Turkey, you know, go see Istanbul, um, Jordan. Uh, I, I want to go to Jerusalem. Of course, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm on the fence whether I'm still going to do that, but I do know some, uh, you know, a couple there that are willing to, to put me up while I'm there. So it, it's a mm-hmm. little different. I will be with locals. Um, but, um, yeah, so all that stuff after, uh, Marrakesh is kind of, it's all up in the air. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. where do we go? You know, 
once it starts getting closer to that time, we'll be like, all right, where do we want to go? And what's, what's a cheap flight? (laughs) Right. So that'll be kind of pushing towards the, uh, you said early December and then towards the end of the year. Yeah. That's kind of the idea for the rest of the year, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe like in January, maybe around then is when I'll be making the leap to Southeast Asia and do that Mm. January, February, March. Um, Maybe try to time it so I can get to Japan by March, April when they have the Cherry Blossom Festival, which is a huge deal over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's the rough plan right now. You can find us online at www.chipjohnsonfilm.com. Click the tab for The World is Ass. We are also available on iTunes. Just search for us there. We'd greatly appreciate if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed us. You can reach us via email at twiapodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us comments, complaints, concerns, and constructive criticism. Our theme music, Fuzzboxer, performed for us by the lovely Sarah Gregory. We'll be back, hopefully, in two weeks with more stories of the world it's ass. Can you say bye? Bye. My ass was sore by the end of that.